I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show. And how are you? And hi uh, across this great country of ours and elsewhere as we stream not only um, on the air here at WCBT, at it, but also at infotainmentwars.com. Hi, chat room. Good morning. And, uh, you know, sometimes the president just says awful things. Just he, he just says stuff that he's sort of unaware is kind of gross and awful. And it's one thing when he just does that. It's another thing when he does it and it's based entirely on a lie. Yesterday, the president came out onto the uh, into the Rose Garden, stampeded out, I would say, insisting upon having a, oh, and thanks for the bits, um, uh, insisting on touting the new job numbers. In, in the way that, I, I guess, only Trump can, uh, where he said this bizarre quote, where he said- Take control of your cloud Hold on there, that's an ad. I'm not playing an ad, no. Um, they always do that to me. Why do they always do that to me? Um, so where he played this, uh, he, he came out, he stampeded, but it really kind of was a commercial, actually came out, told us all about how the um, the economy was doing better and how, um, you know, George Floyd is, uh, well, I'll, I'll let him say it himself. What different on the Let's therapeutic? See. Tremendous progress is being made on that. And I think even with, I have to say, even without that, and I don't think you're going to be having to use that in the future, that statement, even without, because I think they're going to have it. I don't know what to say. But we're going to be back and we're opening our country. And I hope that the lockdown governors, I don't know why they continue to lock down, because if you look at the numbers are going up, look at Florida, if you look at uh, South Carolina, if you look at so many different places that have opened up, I don't want to name all of them, but uh, the ones that are most energetic about opening, they are doing tremendous business. And that this is what these yeah, and are all tremendous about. And contagion rise. One other thing, very importantly, I think it's extremely by the way, 30 percent rise um, in in Texas. Very different. Hold on. I got to I have to find the, uh, oh, this is the, the separate uh, quote there. He said, uh, and I quote, uh, it was a great day. Um, George Floyd was looking down from heaven and saying, this is a great thing happening. Oh, you do? Yeah, Devin, if you'd like to play it for me, that'd be great. I'm uh, so. Yeah. So this is the the clip. Uh, and Trump ca- calls the improved job numbers a great day for George Floyd, um, which is super weird. Um, but also that he was touting how great they were. Yeah, absolutely. So here's here's the president talking about how this was a great day for this should be a great j- day for George Floyd and equality. I really am suggesting, because if you look at Minnesota and the great success we had there and other places, I'm suggesting to some of these governors that are too proud in New York. I mean, you see what's going on there. Don't be proud. Get the job done. You'll end up looking much better in the end. Call in the National Guard. Call me. We'll have so many people, more people than you have to dominate the streets. You can't let what's happening happen. It's called dominate the streets. You can't let that happen in New York where they're breaking into stores and 
and all of the things. And by the way, hurting many small businesses, you can't let it happen. Equal justice under the law must mean that every American receives equal treatment in every encounter with law enforcement, regardless of race, color, gender, or creed. They have to receive fair treatment from law enforcement. They have to receive it. We all saw what happened last week. We can't let that happen. Hopefully, George is looking down right now and saying, there's a great thing that's happening for our country. There's a great day for him. It's a great day for everybody. This is a great day for everybody. This is a great, great day in terms of equality. It's really what our Constitution requires, and it's what our country is all about. Yeah, so we've, we've talked a lot on this show about doublespeak in politics, and it's, a, it's, it's, it's part of the job. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. But the issue with saying things like, um, People need it to be treated fairly, which is an abstract truth in this context. When you say it in the way he says it, it leaves out. It, it leaves open the interpretation that, like, it, you know, people should be treated treated fairly when they encounter the law. And you could argue it was fair if you kick at an officer in a car or if you're passing, if you're committing a crime. I mean, it's kind of fair that if you don't go peacefully, they rough you up a little bit. That's fair. You see what I'm saying? The languaging is so soft around it so as to, I mean, you could read it as a defense of, of Chauvin if you wanted to, which is exactly the point. And in the case of him saying George Floyd should be looking down from heavy, heaven and happy about this day for equality when he's touting economic numbers, which, first of all, um, still, you know, black people, Latino people, minorities of all sorts find themselves in a, in a harsher financial picture, both in job availability and furloughs, all those things, than than white people and Asians specifically that, that in this case, you know, saying you should be looking down, you know, and, and proud of this day for equality, not based on the fact that the president and everyone else is coming out marches are happening. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to argue the look down with happiness from heaven idea, one would think you would go towards the amount of protests against police violence and the number of people I think coming around to the truth about it and and maybe even not even from being opposed to the idea but being soft in their opinion of the idea because i think that's really the big shift there's some people who are i mean the dude the uh, the hispanic dude with the chainsaw the the white bike list stealing the little girl's signs like yeah those aren't the people you're going to reach but you will reach the people who are a little on the fence about it and start you know, drafting some of them back into reality, which I think is a valuable thing. So if there's something to be, if there's a silver lining in that, it's this, it's the recognition that Colin Kaepernick, you know, taking a knee as a way of a quiet, respectful protest as an alternative to the kind of, you know, riotous behavior we're seeing in the streets. You know, the thing you do before when you show that something is wrong, but you're trying to find the best way to show it peacefully and with 
with civil disobedience. You know, the people who were either against it or thought it was too much or didn't belong in football or all these kind of things might be finally coming around. That would be the silver lining, I think, and recognizing the reality and recognizing why he, why Colin Kaepernick and dealing with the, um, what he feels is an epidemic of police violence towards black men sought out the counsel of a veteran friends, a friend of his and said, look, I don't want to turn my back on the flag. What's a way that I can show my, my outrage during the anthem with, and seeing, making the point that it is not being equally applied to my community without being disrespectful to the flag itself in theory. And his friend was like, we take a knee. So that's, that's where that came from. And now you have um, Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden taking a knee. No surprise. I mean, these are the guys who are also wearing masks in public, so they don't care if they don't look macho, if it means saving lives or respecting their fellow human beings. <laughs> um, but in the case of Trump making this statement about it's a great day for George Floyd, it's a great day for everybody, you know, it's a great day for everybody. This is a great, great day in terms of equality. And what he means is, Three million jobs added uh, during the month of May. Well, you might want to might want to yank the reins on that idea. And I'll explain why when we come back. It's the House Parks Radio program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's progressive talk, WCPT820.com. And of course, we also have a podcast version of the show at sexyliberal.com. The Hal Sparks Radio podcast, Mega Worldwide, even includes some of your calls, which we will have in the next hour. We'll be back. Wow, people are going crazy for Literati, the number one book club for kids. Wendy tweeted, just got a subscription for my nine-year-old nephew who loves to read. Awesome sponsors, Mama. Travis Bones' nephews. We were on FaceTime. My nephew Emmett ran and got his book and came and showed it to us on camera. They send him stickers so he can label his book so it's his book and not his little that, brother's book. I, that is adorable. I yes. know it. And think of you're in quarantine. You're running out of ideas. And they can keep the ones they love. Send back the ones that they don't. Yes. And how important is that right now? Delivered right to your doorstep safely, right? No more scrolling online trying to find the perfect gift. Parents have got enough things to worry about right now. Yes, and reading books as a family creates a sense of adventure, bonding, whatever, and will keep you from going crazy in quarantine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with their curated selection, only keep your favorites. Send the rest back for free. Literati.com slash Stephanie. 25% off your first two subscriptions. Best offer available anywhere. Go to L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I dot com slash Stephanie. 25% off your first two subscriptions. Literati.com slash Stephanie. Terms and conditions apply. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. So um, a misclassification error made the May unemployment rate look better than it is. Uh, this is an article in The Washington Post, but there are dozens about it today. All the business uh, magazines, Business Insider, all these, everybody's writing about this. because It was a 3% jump in the stock market based on this information. And it turns out to be hooey. Thanks, Brian. Um, When the U.S. government's official jobs report for May came out on Friday, it included a note at the bottom saying that there had been a, quote, major error indicating that the unemployment rate likely should be higher 
than the widely reported 13.3 percentage rate. The special note, I wonder if it was, was it a beautiful letter like he got from Kim Jong-un? The special note said that if this misclassification error had not occurred, the overall unemployment rate would have been about three percentage points higher than reported, meaning the unemployment rate would be at least 16.3% for May, but that would still be an improvement from an unemployment rate of about 19.7% for April applying the same standards. But it's also where they got the, we added jobs. Um, by the way, when you have 19 and six, and then 16% unemployment artificially created by an outside agent, not caused by business, not caused by you know, some drop in demand, you know, not entirely caused by oil price wrestling by the president's personal friends and allies. Um, you will find <clears throat> that you add jobs, but you're not adding jobs. You are adding jobs back. Um, these are jobs where people who were not considered essential have been allowed to go back to work. And in a country of 340 million people, that's a signif- that percentage is a significant number of human beings. You don't get points for adding jobs that a disease you ignored caused to go away for a time. These aren't, these aren't jobs overall. This is, you know, if you're... Um, yeah. Okay. So BL, uh, the Bureau of Labor St- <clears throat> Statistics agency that puts out the monthly jobs report said it was working to fix the problem. Okay. BLS and the Census Bureau are investigating why this misclassification error continues to occur and are taking additional steps to address the issue, said a note at the bottom of the Bureau. Of Labor. It continues to occur during this on oh, natalie thank you random dollars and candy just because i love you oh that's so sweet oh you're coming to the sexy liberal show very exciting yes the sexy liberal virtual tour begins tonight go to uh, sexyliberal.com and get your tickets there's still tickets available for the regular part of the show the vip is sold out and has been for quite some time you can still sneak in there it's gonna be very exciting so uh back to where we were BLS and the Census Bureau are investigating why this misclassification error continues to occur and are taking additional steps to address the issue. Said a note at the bottom of the Bureau of Labor Statistics report. Some took this as a sign that the president or one of his staffers may have tinkered with the data to make it look better, especially since most forecasters predicted the unemployment rate would be close to 20 percent in May, up from 14.7 in April. But economists and former BLS leaders from across the political spectrum, strongly dismissed that idea. You can 100% discount the possibility that Trump got uh, to the BLS, not 98%, not 99%, but 100%, tweeted Jason Furman, the former top economist for firm, uh, former President Barack Obama. BLS has 2,400 career staff of enormous integrity and one political appointee with no scope to change this number. Economists say the BLS was trying to be transparent as possible about hard, how hard it is to collect real-time data during a pandemic. The BLS admitted that some people who should have been classified as temporarily unemployed during the shutdown were instead misclassified as employed, but absent from work for other reasons. Uh, perhaps they were ill. I've, I've, I've noticed that there seems to be an illness going around. The other reason categ- uh, category is normally used for people on vacation, serving jury duty or taking leave 
to care for a child or relative. These are typically situations where the worker decides to take leave. But in this unusual pandemic circumstance, the other reason category was applied to some people staying at home and waiting to be called back. So um, this also ignores the fact that um, a bunch of people were were either furloughed or laid off in the beginning of it. And then because of the CARES Act and the stuff the Democrats insisted on putting in, you had to hire your employees back to qualify for the loans, the loan forgiveness and to get the extra funds for PPP. So people hired them back. They still weren't working. They still weren't doing anything. They just hired them back and the paycheck went through the company and out to the employee. So those people, it does, it does not show that people are, you know, because from an economic standpoint, you would want to look at these numbers and go, okay, this many people are going back to work and therefore they will need to eat and shop and they will need supplies and they will need to uh, get gas going to and from their job. And so if we know there's this much uh, movement in the economy of these folks, we know there's an extra, you know, 5 million pad around them approximately of, you know, extra economic activity as far as jobs. So when, when those people who are being paid to stay at home and not work, but through the PPP, but are, but are called in this jobs report um, employed, there are no ancillary economic benefits to those people who are employed other than delivery food and Netflix and apparently gun stores, which have lines around the block because there's a big swath of people who are either afraid they're going to have to or are desperate to shoot their fellow citizens. What are you doing? Uh, you know, those folks. So point is um, the, the, the reason the numbers jump around the employment boast that he made yesterday. Thank you, Billy. Um, the reason that bump happens in the stock market is because everybody expects that there's 3 million people going to more people going to work than we thought. So those 3 million people will be spending other stuff, not just ordering their groceries to home, ordering their food to home, staying indoors and entertaining themselves there. They'll be expanding their economic reach and therefore there will be a cascading effect on parts of the economy that's a sign of growth and stability and so we'll bet on that stock market wise and jump in right before and that punches the thing up turns out um when you're a little uh quick off the cuff in this one and maybe a bunch of these people knew it was a false report wanted to buy in quickly because he they didn't think he would tout it and when he did they were like oh buy something right now because the stock market's going to go up and then we'll sell it, you know, when it gets to the high and then it'll dip back down again. We can buy the stuff back. There are all these people making like layered disaster econ money, you know, rolling the stock market right now, basically just by Trump's either behavior or his his outright messing with the stock market. So the. The bad news is uh that the jobs numbers are improving in, in, in relation to some people. But yeah, the good news is the job numbers are improving in relation to some jobs. Uh, some states are expanding what's considered essential or they're slowly allowing other businesses to open while maintaining social distancing and all that kind of stuff. And 
And insofar as they're able to do that without uh, and, and still contain the spread, that's good news. The problem is, in most of the states where the quickest, uh, as you noticed in the uh, Trump quote that he put up, the states that are opening the quickest are also spreading their contagion the quickest. Um, I just, uh, for those of you that uh, notice on uh, Twitter, I just retweeted a, um, you know, a story from Newsweek. Florida has set a new single day record for coronavirus cases since reopening the economy. Over 4,000 in three days. These are all the states that are opening, quote unquote, really fast. And it was at 30 percent in in the Dallas area. They've had a 30 percent rise in ICU um, covid cases. There's one thing to talk about how the president goes to more cases because we have more testing, which is insane. But it's it's another thing to look at, like the volume of cases uh, who that are asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic and the growth of those versus People who are in the ICU or fatalities, the folks who are taking up ICU beds, again, um, s- tend to stay in there for quite a while. And those are beds that people aren't going to get in normal, you know, everyday accidents, illnesses, all the other things that happen all the time. Those are beds that are going to be full when they show up with an injury or something. And as you open the economy, and especially if you rush back to do it, and people are behind, and people are trying to catch up economically, and they feel like they're under pressure. That's when more on-site work injuries happen. That's like traffic fatalities in California jacked up after they softened it, but this is before the riots. Um, so th- there's a lot to, again, like, like the economic numbers, there's this buffer zone of extra economic activity that happens when 3 million people go back out into the economy when it actually does happen that affects a bunch of other people's jobs and starts to create a rolling cascade of growth. In the case of that, that also applies to COVID cases and ICU beds. Um, and some of you might have, oh, we got to take a break. When we come back, um, some of you may have seen my stream where yesterday where we, uh, we pilfered the president's remarks at the swab company at Puritan Products or Puritan Manufacturing in Maine, where Susan Collins is uh, having a hell of a time as far as polling goes. Um, he went there to help the fishermen by giving them 5,000 square miles of ocean to uh, drain of fish. And, well, I'll tell you when we come back. It's the Housework Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. So, guys, yeah, you know Omaha Steaks, right? Pretty good stuff. Uh, if you're looking for the perfect Father's Day gift for me, um, Omaha Steaks can help. <laughs> My clip <laughs> Father's Day gift. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what does dad really want uh, for Father's Day? Steak! Exclamation point. Uh, for a limited time, you can find a variety of packages filled with beautiful Omaha Steaks. Beautiful. Um, plus other premium meats, side dishes, artisan desserts. Yummy. And so much more. I'm getting hungry for lunch, by the way. All ideal for dad's special day. These packages come flash Flash frozen? I don't even know what that oh, means. Yeah. Vacuum oh, sealed. No, but I, but I think flash frozen is when you freeze food really fast so that it doesn't uh, it doesn't damage the food as much. Oh, fantastic! It's See, freezing. Yep, it's frozen like the flash. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Where was I? <laughs> Flash um, Frozen. Yes, I know. I lost frozen. my place. Vacuum seal delivered in a cooler uh, with dry ice safely to your door. That means fresher than fresh. All backed by Omaha Steaks' unconditional 100% money back guarantee. Good. It's simple, delicious, a way to treat dad this Father's Day, and you're giving him something he will actually enjoy. Omaha Steaks is offering listeners a variety of amazing packages uh, that are perfect to send to dad for Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code LIBERAL, L-I-B-E-R-A-L, into the search bar for, to unlock savings of 50% and more. With code LIBERAL, you'll receive free shipping uh, and a free one-pound package. Ooh, I'm getting hungry again. Mm-hmm. Of delicious applewood oh, smoked steak-cut bacon. The bacon. John likes this stuff, folks. <laughs> um, there are many more packages oh. available. Perfect for dad, me. Uh, all ready to be shipped in time for Father's Day. OmahaSteaks.com. Enter the code LIBERAL in the search bar. Yummy, I'm hungry. And, let's, know, and, uh, and let's, can I just say, like, it's I've, I've learned a long time ago. Oops, sorry, get back to gallery view. I've learned a long time ago that uh, food gifts can be some of the best gifts. Now let's get back with HealthSparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. That's right. Welcome back. I'm glad to have you. It's nice for you, you know, that you join us every Saturday, and it's uh, nice for all of us to kind of have a little corner we you know we gather in to smartly and empathetically dice up these crazy stories and try to maintain our sanity with a little bit of humor and i appreciate you being here and i appreciate everybody in the chat for being with us as well and uh do us a favor um mention the show to somebody spread the love that's that's the only way we grow is you guys helping out recommend cpt to your friends i think it's a great idea even if it's just go hey i know you pretend to like alternative points of view. So maybe you could pretend to do it while actually listening to something. So there was a, if you watch the the stream that I did, it was, <laughs> it, it, he Trump went to Puritan medical products uh, at, to, to tout the production of swabs there. Now, I have no doubt, judging from both the name and the reception that he got and the fact that he was playing his campaign music there, like they were trying to trigger his, his nervous system to feel good. Um, he, he went to this swabs factory to tout, you know, American production of swabs, and now we're second to none in swabs. And I, I again, if you watch the stream, I don't, ridicule the workers there even if they're trump supporters even if the company owners one that's not my i'm all about you know he's my current president so i have every right to say everything that i say and be out of respect for the presidency itself so he goes to this plant in maine after going to uh the the fish industry in maine and opening up five thousand square miles of ocean for them to fish that the Obama administration had made off limits to to stop overfishing so that we don't end up like China having to illegally fish in other people's waters just to meet our food quotas. It, you, you know, it's, it's called conservation. And, and, a, and a big part of, the, of conservation is the word conserve, as in a tiv. You would think, you would think that they would kind of grasp this idea that you won't, you don't want to effectively have an oceanic version of the Dust Bowl. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look at the history of the Dust Bowl. There you go. So 
He goes to Maine. He goes, uh, un- basically buys fishermen's votes by opening this thing up. What? Who cares? He won't be president in 12 years when uh, they have to sell their boats. So he goes to this afterwards to a swab factory, Puritan Medical Products. They make these swabs. And after his visit, you know, he refuses to wear a mask everywhere he goes. And after his visit, uh, quote, Puritan Medical Products said it will have to discard the swabs. A company spokeswoman told USA Today in response to a question about the visit. It is not clear why the swabs will be scrapped or how many. It sounds like all of them that he walked by is the ones they're talking about. The company described its manufacturing plans for Friday as limited. But the disruption comes as public health officials in Maine and other states have complained that a shortage of swabs have hampered their ability to massively scale up coronavirus testing. So not only does the president come out yesterday and... um, either accidentally or accidentally on purpose or on purpose, lie about the economic figures and tout them in the most disgusting way possible, saying that this is George Floyd, a man who was murdered on the streets of Minneapolis, should uh, allegedly, sorry, I forgot I'm on radio right now, um, until the court case works out, uh, would be happy that the job numbers that he was touting, which turned out not to be true, were said out loud, I guess, and then immediately goes to a, the, the main fisherman and, and says, yeah, go ahead, fish anywhere. I don't care. I mean, if you, if you run out, we'll invade a country and take theirs. I mean, really, we have bigger boats than South America. We can go down there. They'll never know we were there. And then... Uh, th- and then goes to a swab factory, refuses to wear a mask, and then the spokeswoman from the factory says, yeah, uh, all the swabs that were made or packaged while he was here had to be thrown out because they don't meet the standards, because they were soiled by his visit. I don't know how they knew that they were soiled. I think it might have been the orange traces left all over them whenever he touched anything but workers in white lab coats hairnets and plastic booties worked at machines making swabs while the president walked through the room trump who did not wear a mask for the visit stopped at one point to talk to some of the workers made in the usa i've been saying it for a long time um (laughs) trump has repeatedly traveled during the pandemic to call uh Attention to companies who who are responding sometimes with government help, sometimes with government help, sometimes with government help. He has only been to companies with Trump-supporting uh, CEOs or boards that are being paid almost entirely for the product they are making by the federal government or state governments using federal funds. Or, or as I guess they drain their state funds like California and New York did. Yeah, uh, USA Today, no. Sometimes with government help, every time with government help. He has not been to one of these facilities yet. That's the whole point of this whole public-private partnership story that they've been telling you, which is their move towards privatization, which will get us to um, this week talking about... Um, the difference between protesting, rioting, 
civil unrest, looting, and police brutality, and all the things that we're going to see uh, and that we have been seeing on the streets for the last week or so. And the president taking it, like in that earlier clip, taking credit for the change that happened in Minneapolis, saying, I called the governor, uh, governor and made them you know, use the National Guard. When in reality, first of all, the, the organizational part of that is, I mean, it's, there's a playbook for it. It's not that weird. The governors made that choice on their own. But secondly, a lot of the change in Minneapolis, which the president repeatedly calls Minneapolis, which I'm not quite sure why, the, they all came after the Floyd family made repeated public statements at the site of George's death, calls for peace, his brother, his, his adopted son. They all made personal appearances with the family lawyer and everyone else calling for peace, telling people to stop destroying things. And meanwhile, at the same time, we find out that the people who are doing the vast majority of the inciting and looting and, and burning of things are acting as agent provocateurs, either as like groups like the Proud Boys or groups like um, uh, rogue cops on break. There was a, a cop who was literally like smashing windows. This, this part of it, again, is why we have to pace ourselves with our news digestion and our own and take care to maintain our own emotional states while we're watching this kind of stuff so that in the in the theory of the moment around in my opinion George Floyd's murder that we do not allow our own empathy to be weaponized by other people who turn it into something that it is not or co-opt it for other violent means um, and, and those would be regarded as enemies, foreign and domestic. The online bots and trolls around these issues have popped up again the same way that they took over and created fake Black Lives Matter accounts during the 2016 election cycle. This is an ongoing issue. And my message to everybody as you go forward in all this, and we're going to be inundated, the election is just a few months away, and we're going to see more of this. We're going to see a lot of it. Pace yourself and, and check your emotions so that you can respond in the best way possible and not have someone hijack your, your, your honest, righteous rage and use it for their purposes and not the purpose of actually finding a path to racial justice and caring for the people in our society who have, you know, been on the receiving end of so much violence. So that, that's something that we have a responsibility, I think, as adults to do. Now, when we come back, um, I want to talk a little bit about the, you know, the multiple reports we've seen of, you know, the, I don't feel like I have to inform anyone that listens to this show in particular about the 
the acts of police brutality any more than I have to show you the, you know, the the stuff that's been on social media about with, you know, cops dancing with or kneeling with protesters. Um, but I will say this. Uh, don't be led around by your nose. Um, be the leader you look for. We'll be back. This is Tom Harvin, and you're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I would also, I guess, on a on a side note, um, uh, I would like to mention, and it's hard not to. Um, there is a social media float around called Lady G, and I will leave that up to you to do your own due diligence about who it's about and what kind of behavior it um, relates to. That's up to you whether or not you want to do that. But I will make a case that um, I've seen a lot of my uh, LGBT friends make that when you that and this has always been my feeling <clears throat> that when to come out, if at all, is always the in the purview of the person who is going to have to live with the act of doing that, not you, not other people, not even their friends, not their family, no one. I used to have a friend who uh, um, is was in the closet and extraordinarily obvious. We used to say his closet had a glass door. And people would bring up to me that he was gay, and I would go, no, he's straight. And they'd go, he's gay. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's straight until he says otherwise. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. You don't get to tell people when it's safe to come out or whether they should come out. It's not. It's a personal decision. And especially 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, we're in a different ballpark altogether now in some areas. I, you know, the, the reality of, you know, heck with Back to the Future, you can... You, you want to see time travel? Get on the wrong bus and end up in a part of Louisiana. You, you can travel through time. You can go back to the 40s if you want to. Um, and uh, I guess you can go to Seattle and see the future, I suppose. Is that how it works? Or Cupertino or something like that? Anyways, point being is this has been this is my feeling about it. This is, you know, you do not have to share it. You can even think it's wrong. But this has always been my feeling on it and and it is something I picked up from friends that I had who were in the closet who came out and friends who had always been out most of their adult life both in the discussions about this and I always felt and and that it was not up to me to out somebody else now that said there is a group of people who Let's, how do we put this? There's sort of in, in, in the, the Harvey Weinstein crowd in terms of heterosexuals that you would not um, <laughs> that w- when their when their actions were brought to the public eye, it was not about the fact that they were engaged in heterosexual activities. It was the nature of those heterosexual activities and the hypocrisy and the danger and the violence that associated with them. It, it is not ABBA logic, you know, 
it is it is the ancillary aspects morally and ethically around them that n- that necessitated them being drawn to light. If someone has consensual sex with their partner in their office at work and gets away with it, I don't care. It's not my business. It's not anybody else's business in the office, uh, especially um, the lady with the glass up against the door. Knock it off. You're not hearing what you think you're hearing. I'm just saying. But the point is, it's not the act itself that anyone has a problem with. It is the moral and ethical aspects and the and the acting on other people um, creating violence and danger in their lives that we have a problem with. And in the case of someone like <clears throat> the aforementioned Lady G, who um, is, is the hashtag kind of thing that's floating all over social media, the reasoning around this situation is that this person is has repeatedly voted against things like gay marriage, um, against gay rights, but is them are, are themselves gay and that they engage in sexual activity with uh, male prostitutes. Now, uh, the reason I'm hedging around this is because I have no direct evidence of this. And the folks that are mentioning it online that are starting to come out of the woodwork have not made their case. They have not had their Gloria Allred moment where they come out and make a statement. And until they do, it will remain at that point. But there's also another aspect of this that I would like to honestly mention, discuss, which is in the case of certain people who find themselves to be um, anti-gay gay people in our modern era, a good portion of those folks are older and grew up in an era where the abuse, both psychological and physical, of people in the LGBT community was so overt and so expected and so normal that it's no surprise that a, and, and the impact of that abuse was so egregious. It's no surprise that, a, that many people in that situation grew up to A, seek power so that they would no longer be powerless, but also maintain a level of self-hatred and externalized hatred for themselves that accompanied that abuse. I am not forgiving this behavior, and I am not saying it's ubiquitous across the, the majority of gay people that age. I, I mean, I have many, many friends you know, especially those, you know, I, I, we lost several friends during the, the, the 90s to AIDS who had been out effectively their whole lives or since the 70s. But also they had grown up in either New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, they had, or they had moved out of the Midwest or something at a very young age into some place that was a little safer so they could explore themselves. And, it's, and like I said, it, it is different in different parts of the country. I am not forgiving it understand me the hypocrisy of this person and and their sort of behavior over this i am seeking to understand the psychology of it and knowing that forgiveness and acceptance once someone comes in out of that fear 
and out of that self-hatred will have value, not just, by the way, for that person, because they're, I mean, they're anecdotal to the, to the struggle for equal rights in this country. It, will, it affects the people past them because there are people who will retreat further into their fear and, and, and their fear of violence specifically um, by how this is handled once that person decides, if they do decide, to fess up. That's my concern. Does it apply to everyone? No. Does it apply to, you know, are there, are there awful people? I mean, I, I don't know that there'd been a moment where if, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer had had a great awakening, it would undo the madness of his life and the violent acts that he committed. It's just horrible, right? But you're, when you're talking to someone, you're not talking just to them. You're talking past them to all the people who may be dovetailing behind their storyline or have been hidden in the shadows themselves and suddenly see a reflection of themselves they weren't aware of as that person gets outed and how that person is treated when they're outed. That's, that's always my concern. Uh, you know, if people, you know, you make your bed, you got to lie in it, but there's a lot of other people when things become political or they become discussed online in a way that emotionally impacts people in the same circumstance. Is it way better now? No question. Do we still have work to do? No question. Are there still areas of this country where that same kind of abuse, violence, and, and neglect happen that led to people having the psychological damage and the ethical cracks that make you a Lady G? Absolutely. I, you know, and you know me, guys, I just don't, I don't like to shy away from complication. This is a complicated process. And making it as if it isn't is the problem all the time. So I, I, I hope that um, this whole thing, as it makes its way through the digestive tract of social media and, and the mainstream media and the Google sphere, um, that the secondary impact isn't, you know, more anger and more division. And so that's, you know, you can't scare the rest of them into coming out if, if they're slaughtered, essentially this way. It's a, and it's, like I said, we don't know the details and we don't know how the, this person is going to react to those details, if at all. Or if the people around them will even do it. If this too shall pass, this may come and go as a little social media bubble and go away, which these things do all the time. It's now the habit. Um, being Teflon is now the modus operandi of the hypocritical. Just act like you are and you might as well be. Um, the important thing, though, is that it's Pride Month. And I would like to send a message of love and support to all my LGBT friends who are out there. Plus, and know want you to know you're valued, and we care about you here. And uh, we all look back, look look forward to getting back together in in person and saying these kind of things face to face. So I see you, and we'll be back right after this. Now take a
had people walk out of me before, but not when I was being so charming. Video streaming at housefarms.com. Well, I don't care for you if it's a putrid sludge you're trowling out. Damn, us face little pimp stick. True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. So uh, we'll get to your calls in just one second. Um, it turns out, um, breaking news, that um, Buffalo police officers uh, were arrested after shoving a 75-year-old protester. Many people have seen the video online of um, um, the, the protester walking up to, his name is Martin Gugino. He's 75 years old. He walked up to the police line that was coming, and it looked like he was carrying a helmet that they had either dropped or he had found. He was a peaceful activist, according to all accounts, um, had been around that area for a long time, was known in the city. Um, officers Aaron Torglaski and Robert McCabe were charged with second degree assault during their video arraignments on Saturday and were released on their own recognizance. They both entered not guilty pleas and are expected back in court on July 20th, the Thursday protest at Niagara Square had less than 20 demonstrators and several members of P- Buffalo's police department emergency response team. Um, one of the protesters, Martin Gugino, was seen on video walking in the direction of the crowd of uniformed officers when Torglaski and McCabe allegedly shoved him. They did shove him. It's not allegedly. It, the alleged part would be whether or not the shove caused the fall that caused the head injury. That's the alleged part. There's no alleged about the shove. Mine, my, my any anybody in the uh, in the chat room or anywhere else get le- you know, legalese know whether or not I'm wrong on this because I'm pretty sure I'm dead on about that part of it. it they didn't allegedly shove him. He, the, the shove allegedly caused the injury. That'll be what's uh, hashed out in court. Cugino fell flat on his back and bumped the back of his head on the concrete. The video shows the sound of the man's head hitting the ground. Silence the crowd, according to the video. A trail of blood can be seen seeping from the head of the motionless man as several officers walk by him. Mr. Gugino has been a longtime peaceful protester, human rights advocate, and overall fan of the U.S. Constitution for many years. At this time, Mr. Gugino is in serious but stable condition. He is alert and oriented, Kelly Zarcone, Gugino's attorney, said in a statement. Another officer, possibly a National Guard member, they say that because he was wearing fatigues, who went to aid the bleeding man, was pushed by fellow officers, the video shows. Governor Andrew Cuomo said at a press conference on Saturday that the video was horrendous and disgusting and said he believed it will be it, it, it to be illegal. The action, not the video, by the way. A bad police officer is an enemy of every good police officer. I would agree with that. The spokesperson for the city and police department, Mike DeGeorge, initially said in a statement that the man, quote, tripped and fell. Um, you know, sort of like Putin's doctors who keep getting really clumsy near windows. Once the department became aware of the additional footage from the scene, interesting, because we've all seen one angle repeatedly. We've seen the Magruder film of this, uh, you know, angle. We've not seen the grassy knoll angle, but apparently they have. Once the department became aware of the additional video from the scene, they immediately opened an investigation to George told ABC News on Thursday. Both officers were suspended, and the Erie County District Attorney, John Flynn, launched an investigation. The police union opposed the suspensions, and in response, 57 officers on the emergency team resigned from their positions, but will remain on the force. Yeah, they're, um, the, by the way, if they're the kind of people who would resign in mass because these two guys were charged with pushing this guy down and cracking his head on the sidewalk, um, 
And the fact that they, not because they were charged, by the way, because they were suspended for this. They resigned not because this was before they were charged. This They resigned because they were suspended. If you can't recognize that part of the reason I think they were suspended and then the charges came was the moment after he fell. If you watch in the video, they just keep walking. And one guy turns almost like he's going to like lean down and help him. And his supervisor, the other guy, kind of turns him around and and says, no, 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 go ahead, leave him, don't touch him. That in and of itself is worth a suspension. I don't, I, I don't know these guys by their faces, um, but it, uh, it appears that one of the guys, the guy on the right that shoved him, went to help, thought, oh, I should help, and his, and the officer above him who was standing right behind him, told him to move on. So I and I I don't know why that guy wouldn't get any kind of you know why he wouldn't be suspended as well because I mean you you this is an unarmed old man who is engaged in conversation you pushed him down even if it's an accident uh, honest to God are are you to tell me that if there if they came upon this man and this is the concerning part. If they came upon this man lying on the ground with blood coming out of his ear and they hadn't been the cause, are we to assume they would just leave him there? However, he received these injuries. Are are we to assume that if any of the police officers among them sought to help a person bleeding from the ear laying on the ground, that their fellow officers would push them? regardless of the reasons why they may have received that injury and were unconscious. This does not speak well of the uh, Buffalo Police Department as a whole, because these guys did not, they did not, they may believe that what happened might warrant a a short suspension because of behavior to kind of teach people, take their paycheck, blah, 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 but that it was ultimately an accident and, and, and not a sign of permanent bad behavior. You could believe that and you could, you know, but the sus- the suspension wouldn't warrant you stepping down. If you believe they were, if you step down because they were charged with assault, then I would argue that you go, yeah, I think the behavior was wrong, but I don't think they did it on purpose. This is just covering. And it also speaks to the fact that all these other officers, all 57 of the ones that stepped down are effectively telling the community that if we were, if we're walking by, and you're laying on the ground with, bull- with blood coming out of your ear. We're not only going to ignore you. We're also going to uh, ridicule and and push any other officer who does. So, the, I mean, it's a, the generalized absurdity of that whole thing. And and here's the here's the bright part of this. We're going to a he's conscious he's oriented he's not dizzy he hasn't lost any function he's just in a hospital in w- healing and uh, and we wish him speedy recovery and and complete healing the other officers aren't that are like like well we're quitting we're no longer going to be on the emergency response team good if that's the way you respond to an emergency involving nonviolent unarmed citizens 
20 of them in a park. If you can't react to that situation any better, you don't belong on the emergency response team. I'm, I, for me, I, this feels like a secondary win. Yeah, they're, they did not. They didn't resign from the force. They resigned from the response team. I know this. Uh, Chad Room is mentioning this. That's my point. They're still cops, but they're not going to be on the emergency response team, and they're not going to be riot police going forward because they can't handle it. And if you do have a situation like that, which Buffalo didn't, they had 20 nonviolent protesters. This was not, they weren't in the Bronx during the filming of the Warriors. This was like an overwhelming and immature and unnecessary show of machismo by this police force. And if all of those guys are like, I'm not even going to do it anymore. Good. <laughs> I I don't I don't know why I would be upset that they <laughs> I, anyway. So that that story is is playing out. And uh, again, uh, Martin Gugino, um, I I we wish you a speedy recovery. Next time, if you find a helmet lying on the ground, put it on. I'm just saying. Just wear it. Probably better. Keep it. Any from now on, Martin, any helmet you find on the ground is yours. It's a gift from the gods. It's like the glass bottle falling on it. Okay, we gotta take a break. We'll be back right after this. I'm gonna take your calls. So we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! All right, I'm going to try and get through some of these callers so everybody you know gets a chance. So everybody keep it high and tight as best I can. I'm sorry uh, for you guys. Uh, this is uh, we got a couple, so let's do it. Um, who do we have first, Evan? First, we got Robert out in Florida. Cool. Hey, Robert, how hey. are you? I'm good. Hell, I'm fast, and you know I'm a New Yorker. I could talk fast, so I'll do it quick. So I'll leave That's some right. for everybody else. Thank you. Hey, real appreciate fast, it. Shout out to Ike. Always a pleasure to hear your voice. Uh, these That's part, right. These uh, police officers in Buffalo. I'm from uh, Rochester, Buffalo area. You know, and mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm not trying to condone their, you know, this guy pushing this old guy into the ground. But the reality is, every Buffalonian and Rochesterian lives on ice nine months out of the year. So we're kind of accustomed to seeing people crack their heads. You know, that's just, right. Uh, right. That's a little yeah. It's a big uh, difference, though. I know. Uh, if and I, if you're suggesting that we uh, suspend fire and then charge Mother Nature, I'm going to have to hang up right now. <laughs> No, but what I am saying is this, is like if I'm the police chief and 57 of them decide that they ain't going to work like that, I'm going to say, okay, you 57, now you go cross school kids at school. You get a, you, you become crossing guards, yep. you know, because you right. know, the fire department doesn't say, you know what, I don't want to go on fires that are on the third floor. You know, I'm not, I'm not using a ladder anymore. I mean, come on, this is right. ridiculous. You signed up for this. This is your part of your vocation. You do it, yeah. you do it admirably or don't do it at all. Well, Right. One of one of one of the I appreciate that one of the people in our chat room said, you know, um, I think it was Keith Ellison. Lisa mentioned that I I think it was that uh, Keith Ellison had said, you know, you think a bunch of if a a nurse abused a bunch of her patients, the rest of the nurses would all quit and protest if they were fired. What are you talking about? Um, So uh, next caller, who do we have, Devin? Next, we have Alan out in Indiana. Cool. Hey, Alan. Yeah. Hey, uh, Alan. Yeah. 
talk, I want to extend the part of cleaning up. There's a lot of West Side towns you know, devastated during this looting. And the other day mm-hmm. they showed black and white people cleaning up after the looters left all the damage. And also there's yeah. a lot of small, small, uh, well, small businesses that were just uprooted. And one of the big donators that bringing out food was Walmart to them. So I just wanted to let it. But the reason I'm calling, do you have a channel that you're funding money to to help these West Side towns? What, what are you I don't. If there is CPT? one, is there is there one? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to check with you to see what CPT has. Do oh, I don't. I, I'm not aware if the station has one in mm-hmm. particular currently mm-hmm. running. I don't uh-huh. think anybody. And right now, because it's so like kind of loose groups of citizens. I don't know mm-hmm. that it's a funding mm-hmm. thing. I think it's just uh-huh. neighborhood behavior. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That mm-hmm. unless unless yep. they're going to hire cleanup crews, right? Which is well, a different standard altogether. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. It's a it, black and white people. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, it's the it's the broom brigade. So people are doing it at, right. as a volunteer thing, which is what makes it great. There's no funding necessary. As a matter of fact, it kind of points to the reason why it's actually got the value it does. So um, I would guess no, but I I appreciate the call and I'm glad you drew attention to the, the, you know, uh, spot the people who are helping, right? Um, uh, Let's grab another caller real quick. I think I can do it. I think I can do it. Um, Who do we have, Devin? Next, we have Juan out in Crystal Lake. Excellent. Hey, Juan. You there? Hi, how are you? Yes, sir. I'm good. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yep. I got a couple things that are interesting me. Um, the first thing is, you know, all the looting that's going on and the, all the protesters and everything, which is great. I think on CNN right now, I've just seen uh, a bunch of people. They look like they're all six feet apart, whatever. I'm wondering what, what we can do to get you and Tom Hartman, Stephanie, and everybody to unite to do some sort of march like that. But have each person have a sign of all the things that this president has done. Because most people are on their phone, on their tablet. They don't even care about politics. Like, for example, mm-hmm. you know, not paying for all the rallies at the taxpayer's right. expense. All that, all the things that he's done wrong to let people know. Because I was at a car lot the other day and uh, the guy was selling me the car. goes, well, I'm going to build for the first time this, this year. And I thought to myself, thank God. And I go in and I, I got up the nerve to ask him. And he said, well, I said, who are you going to vote for? And my jaw dropped. He said, for Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I could not believe it. So uh, How old was he? Right now, right right now, uh, he was in his probably mid-30s. Maybe okay. Late, late 30s. Uh, mm-hmm. Early 40s. And right now, while well, this guy, gotcha. uh, Trump, is shooting himself in the penis... Like he has been forever, you know, the last three weeks, even worse, by bringing up mm-hmm. the gentleman's man, the man that they put the knee on his, what was his name, Floyd? Yeah, George Floyd. George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, he had the goal to bring his name up, that he was smiling down or something. This has right. raised more people. So right now, while we've right. got momentum, let's get a march going. I'll put the first mm-hmm. 50 bucks on, um, towards it. Let's get a rally going. Because the Republicans oh. got all the money in the world, so let's, right. let's get this uh, plan of march for well, one of, from now. Get Tom Hartman and everybody together, and let's pick up some momentum for uh, Mr. Biden. I'm I'm for it. I absolutely think uh, both uh, marches and and campaign events uh, for them would be a great thing. I don't know that I'm a uh, 
I, I feel like I'm an ancillary contributor to this because some of the stuff I say is it, as uh, you know as balanced as I attempt to be. I'm not beyond uh, um, adult humor and hyperbole as a comedian that may uh, work against message. Let's just say sometimes. So I, I understand why I wouldn't be the, the first person out front. That said, um, we are you know the the. We do the Sexy Liberal Comedy Tour. We're doing it virtually. Tonight's the first one. We're doing it every single month up until the election and then the live shows as well. We always contribute a portion to the, you know, to charities and the like. Um, and I, you know, I, it, Stephanie knows which one this one's going to. And I, I assume um, it's a, it's either a BLM chapter or a racial justice group um, that, she, that they've been working with as well. I, my only concern with marches right now is the health and safety of everybody around, but I'm for it. I like that. Yeah. Oh, I'm not fair and balanced. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm unfair and unbalanced, but I, I appreciate But yeah, I, I, I hear you. I will pass it on. I will talk to the, the, those other folks and see what their thoughts are on it though. I will absolutely start that conversation for you. So I appreciate you bringing it up. And if your donation is needed, I will, I'll, I'll get back to you, but I, uh, you know, but I think it's a lot, it's a lot of something that we would all do just to do it, you know, so we'll, we'll see how we get those folks together. So, um, uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I'm going to try and get our, uh, our last caller by the end. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who else do we have, Devin? Last but not least, David from Miami beach. Right on. Hey, David. Yes, sir. Uh, have you heard of the movie yeah. time changer? Time changer. No. Yeah, is it a Mandela effect kind of a movie or? <laughs> worse. It's a Christian movie. I, I guess oh. the 1990s was by the 1990s, how secular it is. I would love to see you huh. in a reach because you're hearing about normalcy now, just like we heard about it in 1920. So I'd like to see a 1920 versus 2020 thing, maybe with John Fugel saying as a disembodied brain. Because we were, I see. Do our people are, do our own cr- version of Time Changer, right? Because people. Oh, how well Hal Linden was in it, so we could, uh, you know, Hal Linden was in it. So if they did a reboot, they would need another Hal. So I just I'm looking it up as we as we talk. Um, for normalcy, and normalcy came at a high price. It gave us Warren Harding, which was a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. So. They have this fantasy of, oh, well, things were great. Not yeah, and you created a big, nasty bubble that had to burst instead of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, spitting out all the, all, all the good that was done, just like Trump has done his best to wipe out everything Obama did and Harding wiped out the few good things will right. that right. They were, so you, the argument uh, you think is that they were basically, they watched that and they were, after Obama, they're like, okay, after one black president, we can't stand it. I don't care who he's running against. It has to be a, a white guy. Um, is that the idea? <laughs> like, and so they voted for Trump right. in that yeah. argument? Right. 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 I, <laughs> if he had gotten um, yeah, Mark Burnett as a chief of staff, it might have worked out. But no, that's the reason. Sure. Right. Well, I don't know, because uh, he would have fired him after and said he just got him coffee and he didn't know him. Only could only make money releasing the tapes of of Trump repeatedly using racial uh, and gender slurs constantly on the show, which exists um, full stop. And uh, yeah. So, I, you know, here's the thing. This is the you know, I, I think there are some situations where you can kind of put to bed 
as fully tested madness. And in the case of like, we need a businessman in there just on that alone, like too many politicians do the, the you know, that those arguments I think are effectively dead thanks to the presidency of Donald Trump. That that there's an idea that you would at least want somebody who would dedicate themselves to public public service, which is the pejorative of that is career politician, but the but many of the folks, the Elijah Cummings of the world, would disagree, I think, <clears throat> as people who have spent the greater part of their lives dedicated to bettering people's lives. And and very well, with the attention they apparently are able to get and the organizations they are able to gain control of and the and the contests they are capable of winning for Senate and House and the like, you would think that that same energy extrapolated outward would go, if you used it in the business community, would actually benefit you long term. They wouldn't be necessarily failures without it. There's a reason why most of the people in the Senate are rich. The difference, though, is that if somebody's been doing it the majority of their life, maybe just maybe you don't just assume that they're a, a leech first. Um, the way somebody who jumps in and jumps off would be because we we got so afraid of leeches. We, we are dying of mosquito bites. And Trump is this is the malaria mosquito. He's only there for a short time, but he does a hell of a lot of damage. And I think we've learned a valuable lesson about trusting something as valuable and and glorious and worthwhile as the United States of America, its constitution and America herself, to the to a philandering guy who owes $2 million uh, in restitution for charities he ripped off. Appreciate the call. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Think about supporting the show on Patreon. We're looking for 500 patrons, and they really would help us out. Patreon.com slash Sparks. I know everybody's got their hand out these days because that's how the business world is working. If you can't do it, it's totally fine. I'll be here for you. If you can, cut price of a cup of coffee or more if you want to. I'm just saying. PayPal.me slash Sparks, or you can super chat. I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Stay tuned for the post show in the chat. Now, more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene. All okay? day long, all day strong. We're washing our hands and sneezing all into day. our eyes. That's right. But we are still taking a huge carry of virus with us everywhere. Our phone. Yeah. They're a vector for disease and we rarely clean them. I mean, the other day we tried wiping one down I and I was like, come on, girl, you know, we know what we need. This. We know exactly what we need. We are constantly touching our phones with our hands and even pressing them to our face, yes. which is a no no these days. It's time to take cleaning your phone seriously. That's right. The Clean Phone Pro sanitizer uses medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99% of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. That's right. It's better than wipes and safe for your device because you can't boil it, your mm -hmm. phone, right? No, you can't. And the Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone clean with the nine high power UVC lights. Mm. Dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber. Wow. You can be sanitizing other items while wirelessly charging your phone or just use the Clean Phone Pro as your go-to charging station at any time. Fully removable top means easier fit for more items and larger items. So, you know, you can be sanitizing your, your behind off. Depending on the size of your behind, yes. maybe you're behind too. Maybe. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Here's the deal. You got to go to thecleanphone.com today and get one for just $89 in free shipping when you use the code SEXYLIBERAL. If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone. Go to thecleanphone.com and keep your phone truly clean. Remember, use the code SEXYLIBERAL for a two-day 
free shipping, haha, and we will ship immediately. That's right. That's thecleanphone.com, thecleanphone.com. <laughs> 